I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On this episode of Newt's World, you may remember hearing about the multiple mail-in and absentee ballots cast in the 2020 and 2022 elections. Traditionally, Republicans tend to vote in person at a polling place well, Democrats have more of a likelihood to use mail-in or absentee ballots. That historical trend has really challenged us to come up with solutions about how we can encourage Republicans to vote both in person and by mail to maximize voter turnout. As we begin to think about and plan for the 2024 election, I wanted to have a conversation with key leaders at the Republican National Committee about some of the efforts they are leading to ensure a fair, free, and honest election. So I'm really pleased to welcome my guest, Elliot Eccles, political director at the Republican National Committee. Elliot, welcome and thank you for joining me on Newt's World. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Happy to be here. Now, you're originally from Rome, Georgia, and you've worked both in state and local politics before joining the RNC. I'm curious, what drew you into politics in the first place? It was honestly my Sunday school teacher. When I first got involved in politics, it was a guy named Tom Graves, who was a state rep in Georgia. And I actually didn't even vote in 2008 when I was 18. Hope and change didn't sweep me up. But when Tom decided to run in a special election to fill an open congressional seat, I thought if guys like Tom are willing to kind of step into the arena and get involved, I should be willing to get involved and help him as well. And it's funny, he actually had three different elections that year through some special elections. And then ultimately the Tea Party wave that came in 2010. I loved it. I loved the personal connections you made on campaigns and being able to share a message with voters. And it's always resonated with me as going door to door, being able to convince your friends and neighbors to ultimately cast a ballot for someone. Would you say in that sense that you're a people person? Very much so. And Rome, Georgia is the right size town to really get to know folks. Yes, sir. And I do believe that used to be or just outside of your old congressional district as well, correct? Yeah, it was, it was just one county over from my district. So I was very familiar with it. 
Now, by 2017, you ended up managing the Republican National Committee's operation in Virginia for the Ed Gillespie for Governor campaign. Had a large staff, a voter contact operation. I think the biggest in the history of the Commonwealth up to that point. You had something like 103 staff statewide, and you had $3.5 million investment. What was that like? I mean, that's a big jump to take on a project on that scale. You know, after the 2016 election where Donald J. Trump at the time beat Hillary Clinton and became President Trump, I was kind of trying to figure out what to do. And I got to go back to my home state of Georgia and work for Karen Handel when she beat John Ossoff the first time. And I was back in Georgia for about 100 days at kind of Sprint special election. And then I got this great opportunity. And it really let me kind of put into practice a lot of organizing skills and leadership skills that I learned back in Georgia, whether it was with Tom Graves or it was in that special election. And we saw firsthand in, in 2017, really, that the Democrats started to put such an emphasis on early voting and mail-in voting. And you look at Virginia, you know, today, Virginia is one of the states that has one of the longest early vote periods in the country. And so a lot of the things that we're doing today, we really learned lessons even back to 2017. Why do you think the Democrats focus so intensely on early voting? I think that one of the things that they've done is they've really operationalized voting. They see it as a way to a much longer period to get all of their people out. And they've embraced that. A lot of it's because they have more infrequent voters than we do. A lot of our Republican voters, they're diehard voters, and they know when they want to vote. They want to vote on Election Day. The Democrats they utilize more of those days to get more of their people out over a longer window. At least that's kind of what they previously had done. And they really honed those skills as well. What did you do after the Gillespie campaign? I moved back to Washington, D.C., and I ran the political training operation at the Republican National Committee. And a lot of what we focused on, again, were those organizing skills and techniques, but also really starting to utilize the absentee ballot and early vote laws. And even in 2018, to make sure that Republicans were contacting their friends and neighbors to ultimately get them out earlier than ever before. After the results of 2020 shook all of us about election integrity, the Republican National Committee in 2022 ran the largest Republican election integrity operation called Protect Your Vote. And as I understand it, over 80,000 Republicans served as poll watchers and poll workers. I mean, how effective was that project? Yeah, I think it was incredibly effective. And I know that you're a big historian yourself. And so to kind of give some of your listeners a little bit of a history lesson is, unfortunately, the Republican National Committee was unable to participate in election integrity or election day operations because of a court case in New Jersey in the 1980s. Well, ultimately, that judge passed away. And after 2020, the Republican National Committee was able to then kind of get back involved again. We were under what was called a consent decree. In that operation, in so many states, it is explicitly a party function to recruit and train those poll watchers. We were able to partner with all of our state parties around the country and our county parties and local parties to fill some very important volunteer and election worker roles around the country. Some of the things that I saw personally that I think had a huge impact, it was having our volunteers, whether it be the poll watchers or the election observers in places like Milwaukee County in Wisconsin, 
when they bring all the absentee ballots to the central count location where they count them, we not only had people that could oversee the process as observers, but we actually had people at the table counting those ballots. And I think that what that program did in 2022 and those 80,000 poll workers and poll watchers, it really restored faith that our elections were safe and secure for our voters, but also for our volunteers. And that's one of the big things that we've ultimately tried to do on the operational side when it comes to election integrity is really give our voters confidence that when they go to the polls, whether they cast their ballot on the first day of early voting, they mail in their ballot or they vote on Election Day, that it's going to be safe and secure and their vote and all legal votes are going to be counted. So you really have a dual process. One is to get the vote early and the other is to make sure that the count's honest. That's absolutely correct. Look, to get people to vote early, I know we'll kind of talk about bank your vote here shortly, but you can't ask people to go vote early if they don't believe their vote's going to be secure. And that's why these two really go hand in hand. Let's talk about that because the Republican National Committee has now launched what you all call bank your vote. What's the concept behind bank your vote? The short answer is that we are looking to educate Republican voters on when, where, how, and then ultimately why they should cast a ballot early. Again, I kind of go back in history a little bit. 20 years ago, George Bush's reelection campaign focused heavily on the 72-hour task force. And the 72-hour task force had five or six different components to it. But one of the big ones was ultimately getting their volunteers organized and then getting the vote out the last 72 hours of the campaign. In that 2004 election, Roughly 20% of the vote was cast nationally before Election Day. In 2020, more than 70% of the vote was cast before Election Day. You go back and you look, and whether it was the Christian Science Monitor, it was New York Times, it was all these other groups. One of the things that was kind of universally accepted and said about the 72-hour task force was that the 72-hour task force gave the Republicans a strategy and technological edge that helped them hold the House and Senate in previous elections and helped deliver the 2004 election. That's ultimately what we see with our Bank Your Vote initiative now. With it really being election season and not just election day, we have to beat the Democrats at their own game. And we have to go out there and we have to maximize the number of votes we can get before election day so we can ultimately turn out and have a huge election day turnout with our Republican voters too. Doesn't this new emphasis on early voting by both parties really change everything about the strategy of advertising and of when to invest and when you need to raise resources? It makes it critical. As we're looking at the playing field now, you know, there are states like Pennsylvania where you can actually request an absentee ballot application today for the general election in 2024. And now some states, the laws are a little different. And a lot of states, January 1, you can start to request those ballots. Some states, it's midsummer or even kind of earlier into the fall. So a lot of our strategy is now pushed up a lot sooner. And a lot of our organizing efforts and a lot of the things that we'll be doing and the way that campaigns are going to be spending their money and resources, you know, it's no longer hoping that a lot of money comes in at the end of September and October and you kind of spend it at the end of October and then going into Election Day. You know, a lot of these places, we're going to see 65, 70, and some congressional districts, 80, 90 percent of the vote is going to be cast before Election Day. And not that Election Day will ever become irrelevant, but in some of these campaigns, Election Day will be just a small fraction of the total vote. 
And if campaigns and the RNC and the state parties are not preparing for that accordingly, we'll see bad results on Election Day. And this is all state dependent, isn't it? I mean, every state develops its own unique laws. I was in Kansas City yesterday talking with Republican County Party chairs from around the country. And one of the best compliments I always get, and this was, you know, verbatim from a guy that said, you know, I thought you were going to tell me that I'm from Washington and I'm here to help when you led this off. But you facilitated a conversation that really makes it easy for me to take this back to North Dakota so we can ultimately implement this in North Dakota. And that's exactly what we want to do. We're going to have state specific websites. We've rolled out some of our leadership teams in California and Nevada and Wisconsin. And if you go to nv.bankyourvote.com, you'll see the Nevada Bank Your Vote website. And it's going to look different than our New York one. So if you go to ny.bankyourvote.com, the New York page will be different than Nevada page. And these plans are not cookie cutter. There's nothing about this that is a top-down approach. I mentioned this at the beginning. I really consider myself a grassroots person. I've always enjoyed organizing and I've always worked at the local level. And that's how these plans are really facilitated and developed at the local level. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, this is Newt. In my new book, March the Majority, The Real Story of the Republican Revolution, I offer strategies and insights for everyday citizens and for seasoned politicians. It's both a guide for political success and for winning back the majority in 2024. March the Majority outlines the 16-year campaign to write the contract with America, explains how we elected the first Republican House majority in 40 years, and how we worked with President Bill Clinton to pass major reforms, including four consecutive balanced budgets. March the Majority tells the behind-the-scenes story of how we got it done. Here's a special offer for my podcast listeners. You can order March the Majority right now at Gingrich360.com slash book, and it'll be shipped directly to you. Don't miss out on this special offer. Go to Gingrich360.com slash book and order your copy now. 
Order it today at gingrich360.com slash book. As a nationwide coordinator, you have to have like 50 different states plus the District of Columbia. And in some of the states, you have just remarkably different patterns from rural to big city. And all of that somehow has to be orchestrated into getting the maximum early vote. What makes the RNC really a key leader in this and really the best to help this operation is because we can have that direct partnership, not only with our state parties, but with campaigns. There are a few entities out there that can have the direct coordination that the RNC can with candidates and campaigns and again in our state parties. Because we're developing this at the local level and because we have such good relationships with folks around the country, because of our infrastructure with data, with digital, with election integrity, it really puts us in a key position to have these conversations and build out these plans as we move forward. In that context, I have to ask you, there are a couple of states, I think Montana, Nevada, and California, where you legally can harvest votes. Now, what does it mean to harvest votes? The short version of it is somebody other than the voter can take that voter's ballot and go return it for them. And it sounds kind of crazy, and it's one of those weird laws that makes no sense to me. The Republican National Committee actually fought this in Arizona. We went all the way to the Supreme Court, and we ultimately won to ban ballot harvesting in Arizona. And before we kind of get into some of the successes we've had with ballot harvesting, One of the things that we're going to do, we're going to fight bad laws first. Some of these we can be proactive with. Some of them we have to be defensive as Democrat groups bring lawsuits. But we're always going to fight these crazy laws because ultimately we want to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat. Our chairwoman, Chairwoman McDaniel, she is not a lawyer, but she does brag about being the most litigious chairman in RNC history. And so we're going to fight these every way we can in the courts. But ultimately, when the playing field is set and when states set their rules, we're going to beat the Democrats at their own game. And in places like California, you know, I don't want to give away too many of our secrets, but the organizing that we did in churches with gun store owners and other conservative organizations where we have strong relationships there, that's where we were most successful. And one of the things that we always like to point to is Congresswoman Young Kim, who is one of our Republican representatives in California. In churches in her congressional district, they were able to harvest, that is, collect more ballots than her margin of victory. And so ballot harvesting, though we might hate it, and might think that it's a bad rule and a bad law, we're going to beat the Democrats at their own game where it is legal and make sure we maximize the number of votes for our Republicans. What it means is that somebody can be designated to go and just pick up ballots. And is there a chain of custody or how do you know that the ballots they're bringing in are legal. This kind of goes back to, I think, the infrastructure of the RNC and the attorneys and the election integrity folks that we have here. Every state's laws are different. In some states, on the ballot, you have to sign your name and you have to sign it over to someone specifically. In some states, volunteers or paid canvassers from an organization can come and get them with less requirements. And the chain of custody is a lot less stringent. So it really is state-specific. Truthfully, in almost every state around the country, some form of ballot harvesting is technically legal. Now, it's very, very restrictive in some states where you have different kind of signatures and you have to have different kind of like notarization that you're unable to physically return the ballot yourself. 
but it is a weird law and it varies by state. When you developed this, I noticed also, and I thought this was a very encouraging sign, that you've also launched a Spanish language version of Bank Your Vote and a direct appeal to the Latino community. One of the biggest successes that Republicans have had in minority communities around the country really since 2016 has been with Hispanic voters. And whether that's in South Florida, and you look at a lot of the representatives down there, you look at how Governor DeSantis won Miami-Dade County in his reelection. You look at the Rio Grande Valley, which is in South Texas, and Congresswoman Monica de la Cruz there. And then the special election that we won with Myra Flores as well. You look at California, you look at Arizona. Across the country, we've really done phenomenally well with Hispanic voters. And this is really our next level of commitment and investment in that community. We have a lot of offices and what we call them community centers in Hispanic areas around the country. But now we want to give them a resource that they can point their friends and their family to online that makes it accessible for them. According to the Gallup poll in 2020, 62% of Democrats plan to vote early and only 28% of Republicans. I mean, is it your hope that you'll actually be able to match the Democratic early turnout? I will say that we don't have to match it. But a lot of what we have to do is we have to maximize turnout and we have to improve our margins. Because if you look through a lot of the states, even in 2022, in places like Georgia and Arizona and Nevada and Wisconsin, Republicans won at the top of the ticket. I've got some information here right now in front of me. And I'm looking at Ohio, for example. Ohio has a key Senate state, some key congressional districts as well. And if you look at the percentages of absentee and early vote in the past years, our pathway to victory is only a percent or two higher in these places. And it really keeps pace with what the Democrats have. So we don't have to necessarily win absentee and early voting, but we can't lose as much. One of the analogies that I like to use is, I think you'll appreciate this from from Georgia as well. The University of Georgia Bulldogs, the back-to-back national champions in college football, one of the reasons they were so successful the last two years is because they didn't go into the fourth quarter down four touchdowns. They put points on the board in the first quarter, and then they ran ahead the whole game. Now, our Republican campaigns that have not been successful, they've waited until Election Day to try to put points on the board. And if we're going to be successful moving forward, we have to get those votes on the board and then start running ahead. And this is really important from a financial perspective that doesn't get talked about a lot. When we looked and we did an analysis of 2022, the Democrats were spending less than $4 per voter in battleground congressional districts to turn out voters. And Republicans were spending around $20 per voter. And why is that? That's because Democrats were voting in that first week of early voting or returning those absentee ballots back that first week. And we had four of four Republican voters, that is, they vote every election, waiting until Election Day. Unfortunately, Republican campaigns are spending time and resources talking to those voters when the Democrats are able to go after swing and independent voters, which is ultimately going to be the decider in the 2024 election. If you can get voters to turn out early, then you can focus your attention on the remaining non-voters and you get a lot more impact per dollar and per hour of effort than if you still have a huge universe of non-voters. I mean, is that an accurate explanation? Correct. And what we see, too, is that a lot of these swing and independent voters, they really make up their mind the last couple of days of the campaign or even on Election Day. 
And we want our Republican campaigns to be able to focus their time and resources, really talking to those swing, those persuadable people that need to hear directly from them in order to ultimately move them our direction to vote. What we can't have is tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of Republicans that still haven't cast a ballot going into Election Day. And our campaigns are spending time and resources talking to those. So the more Republicans that we can get to vote early, then the better the ability that we have to target swing voters and ultimately persuade them to vote for our Republican candidates and campaigns. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The Republican National Committee has become a very large and sophisticated operation. I remember back when I first got involved many years ago, it was dramatically smaller, dramatically simpler. And you all have gradually grown a really sophisticated national system. But one of the things that you talk about is how the Republican National Committee data works with the Republican National Committee digital. So first of all, what is RNC data and what is RNC digital? And then how do they work together? One of the great things about the RNC's data and data trust operation is that if you're a Republican running for any office at any level, this data is offered to you for free. It's the same data that President Trump's campaign in 2016 and then in 2020 utilized. And ultimately, what we're able to do is we're able to give all types of vote history on voters. We're able to give all types of information. 
And one of the things that this data can really do that I've found to be extremely helpful at the end of a campaign, because of the vote history we have, that is because of the information collected from decades of collecting a voter file, we typically know when voters actually cast their ballot. Most people are creatures of habit. They vote the same way in about the same 10-day period every election cycle. So as we're able to dig in and kind of know how and when people should be voting, we're able to target them online with our digital operation, but also with our neighbor-to-neighbor field operation as well. And the digital effort really complements what we're doing in the field, and the field effort really complements the digital effort as well. A lot of the digital effort is some of those annoying text messages that people get, but it's also strategically placed digital ads driving people to take an action to request that absentee ballot or return their absentee ballot or even find the location for their early voting spot in their county or in their town. So it all works in harmony to complement each other. But yes, it's built off of decades of collecting and enhancing a voter file. And a lot of that data is enhanced every day by volunteers that are knocking doors. And again, I'm so proud of the operation that the Republican National Committee has had with our state parties and campaigns around the country. In the last two campaign cycles, the RNC and our partners, we've made more than 300 million volunteer door knocks and phone calls. And so as we're going door to door, as we're making those phone calls, we're able to collect better information than just surveys online or consumer data. We're able to actually utilize information at the local level and constantly improve it. So it's been one of our biggest assets that I think really puts us ahead of Democrats. And now as we move forward, having this unified message behind Bank Your Vote is going to make it all the more successful. I'm curious, given the growing sophistication with which we try to identify people and understand people. How has that process of identifying and understanding voters changed over the last five or 10 years? In the last five or 10 years, the RNC and the data operation, we've been able to collect literally thousands of different data points on voters. Some of this comes from the consumer side of things. That is your magazine subscriptions, what kind of car you drive, hunting and fishing licenses, all sorts of different things kind of on the consumer side. But I think one of the biggest advantages of RNC data and really the change in these voter profiles over the years, it's been how many times we've been able to contact voters directly, whether it be door to door in person or it be over the phone or even online. And we've really been able to hone in on the issues that they care the most about. We've been able to then measure the intensity at which they care about those issues. And then we're able to find out through their vote history and vote preference when they plan to vote. And so as you look at the evolution, especially the past five or 10 years, again, we have all that consumer information, but we know what voters care about the most through advanced modeling, sure, but also through the direct voter contact that we've had. And then through the vote history, again, we know exactly when and how that person plans to vote. And we're able to tailor our voter contact to the timing and again, the method of which they're going to cast a ballot. Given all the efforts that the parties make in terms of gerrymandering districts and drawing lines to maximize partisan advantage, how does that affect your entire project? It honestly has either narrowed or expanded the field. And one of the things, again, kind of back to fighting bad laws in the court, one of the things that we have tried to do is fight some of these 
poorly drawn and gerrymandered districts in states around the country. You look at New York. We were one of the first organizations to file a lawsuit against the state of New York with their congressional districts. We ultimately won. And because of that, we had a successful election day in New York in 2024 with electing some new Republicans. But we're back in the court again with New York maps now and even other states, too, that we're fighting. So it definitely kind of keeps us on ice for a little bit and it makes us see where the playing field ultimately kind of bears out after these court decisions. But no matter what the court decisions, once those lines are set, we implement district specific strategies to go after the targeted voters in those districts. When you talk about all this, I'm curious, Governor Glenn Youngkin has a really big effort underway in Virginia to try to win control of the state legislature. Will the RNC play a role in that? Yep. We're working with them and other partners in Virginia now, whether it be through some of the election integrity efforts, but again, also through our support of data. Uh, I was actually looking at it this morning, the absentee and early vote report that our data team and the data trust generates that goes over to them. So we're already looking at the people that have voted. We're kind of in the Commonwealth of Virginia, they are. And then looking at those target districts and seeing who we still need to turn out to vote in this really long, extensive early voting period so we can ultimately win on Election Day. One of the things I noticed was that people can go to bankyourvote.com to learn about what's going on. What will they discover at bankyourvote.com? If you go to bankyourvote.com right now, there's really kind of one action that you can take. And that's to take our pledge to either vote by mail or vote early or get some more information. We're currently rolling out state-specific websites. So if you're in New York or you're in Nevada or you're in California or Wisconsin or Ohio, some of the states we've started to roll out, those will have state-specific pages that you can go and you can collect more information. You can even request absentee ballots in some places. But if you go to bankyourvote.com today, you can pledge to commit to vote early before Election Day. And by the time the year is over, we'll have state-specific websites in all 50 states that voters will be able to go and get very detailed information on when, where, how, and then ultimately why to vote early in that state. So if somebody wants to become a volunteer, if they listen to this podcast, and they think, you know, I want to get involved, I want to help win, does going to bankyourvote.com help them get involved? It does. When you take that pledge, we will then be reaching out to you to find other ways to get you involved. Our chairwoman says it all the time, and I totally agree with her. The best thing you can do is pledge to bank your vote early and then be a volunteer for us. Help us get out the vote or help us protect the vote going into Election Day. I want to thank you for joining me and sharing with our listeners what the Republican National Committee is focused on. It's a very big organization. It's sort of in the shadow of presidential campaigns, but I know from my own experience over many years how important it is and how much it has grown in sophistication and in capabilities and how much the chairwoman has really made a big difference in focusing it and in being able to raise the resources and get things done. So I really appreciate what Ron has done. I appreciate what you're doing right now every day. I really appreciate your taking the time to be with us and the effort you're making to ensure a fair free and honest election in 2024. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for the time as well. Thank you to my guest, Elliot Eccles. You can learn more about the RNC's Bank Your Vote efforts on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newtsworld is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan. Our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. 
And I want to thank especially the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcasts and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at Gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.